It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic and Rangers take a well-earned breather As we welcome back the SPFL Kilmarnock can go third with a win against St Mirren Who are looking to add to last week's win And certain managers could really be doing with three points Paul Hecking, Bottom and Tommy Wright among them I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me is Alex Ray, Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans Celtic and Rangers have put pride back in the Premiership With their displays against Lazio and Porto Now it's time for the others to give us a Saturday afternoon which reflects well on our domestic game They might not have the exotic strength and depth That Celtic and Rangers possess But that doesn't mean There can't be entertaining football Outside of Glasgow Eight teams, one challenge It's a beautiful day Give us the beautiful game Yeah, I'm looking forward to Hugh Kamalik have an opportunity to go up to third place today St Mirren, can they get back-to-back wins? Looking forward to seeing if St Johnson get the first one as well this season Good stuff ahead, Beats, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at St Johnson today and I think this is a really good opportunity for, for Tommy Wright to get his first win in the season in the, in the league there and, uh, and get off the mark and, and try and get St Johnson up the league. And of course, Hugh Keevans, what a weekend we've got as a whole because yeah. Rangers and Celtic are in cold storage, as you would expect, after a Europa League Thursday. Um, so it's always interesting anyway to see how they, they, they bounce back or... Um, you know, recover from those Thursday nights, but actually, really good fixtures in their own right. Motherwell, one of the form teams going to Ibrox, and then of course Aberdeen against Celtic at Pataudry, always one of the standout fixtures in our calendar. Yeah, I mean, the contrast is fascinating. It's not Celtic Park, sixty thousand, the disco lights, and all the fun of the Europa League fair. This is back to basics at Pataudry. Celtic had a very poor result at Easter Road, an even poorer result at Livingston. This is the next away fixture. Can they carry that European form into the game against a resurgent Aberdeen? Rangers have the easier task, with all respect to Stephen Robinson and Motherwell. Rangers, after a superlative display in Portugal, are at home against Motherwell. And you'd have to fancy that of the two games... Rangers have the easier task That was Hugh Keevans Craig Beattie and Alex Ray Are alongside And we do have the top team All around the grounds As well Four featured matches For you this afternoon Three in the Premiership One in the Championship So without further ado Let's get stuck in And get some team news From around the grounds First of all Let's go to Kilmarnock Against St Mirren Roger Hanna Is there watching that one Yes I am And it could be a big day For Angelo Alessio Because you no longer hear Those horrible words Conas key nomads Around Rugby Park That's all been forgotten about Alessio has turned Kilmarnock around And a victory today Against St Mirren Would take them Into third place The position they finished With Steve Clark At the tail end of last season They're on an incredible run They've lost only one Of their last nine games, that was at Celtic Park, and if you take that game out of the equation, Gordon, they've lost only a single goal in that run, with the likes of Laurentio Branescu, Dario Del Fabro, Nico Hamalainen, really settling into this team that, that Alessio's got, there's only a single change from the team that beat Levy here last week, out drops Chris Burke, into the team comes Liam Miller, so it's Branescu in goal, it's a back four of Stephen O'Donnell, Del Fabro, Stuart Finlay and Hamalainen, just in front of them, Gary Dicker, who scored his first goal in two and a half years last week against Levy, he's partnered in there by Alan Power, who hasn't scored 
scored for a year and his last goal was against St Mirren. Then a three of Rory McKenzie, Mo Elm, McCreaney, who's passed a fitness test, and Miller, and they're all behind him. And Brophy on the bench, it's Copravec, Hendry, Bruce, Thomas, St Clair, Burke, and former St Mirren striker Simeon Jackson. As for the buddies, well, they're on a decent run of form themselves. Only one defeat in the last four games for Jim Goodwin's side. That's taken them up to ninth place in the table, and they could go even higher if results go their way today. A single change for them as well, Gordon. That's because young left-back Callum Waters can't play. He's on loan, of course, from Kilmarnock, not allowed to play against his parent club. That means Cammy McPherson will come in at right-back with Paul McGinn switching over to the other side. So they've got Vaslav Ladke in goal. It's a back four of McPherson. Kurt Broadfoot making his first return to Rugby Park since leaving after that disagreement with Alessio at the start of the season. Sean McLaughlin and Paul McGinn. Then a midfield three of Kyle McGinnis, Stephen McGinn and Sam Foley. And up top, Tony Andrew, John Obika and Danny Mullen. On the bench, Linus Erhahon, Flynn. Durmus, Jorkiev, Morias and Henderson. Really suits St Mirren, I'm afraid. Um, Kelly have won their last three meetings between the two sides. They've not lost to the Saints since 2015 and they've not lost here to St Mirren for over six years when John McGinn was among the scorers. And the referee at Rugby Park this afternoon, if you're listening in Rome, adjust your set now <laughs> while I call him. How will he bounce back, Roger Hanna? That's the question all over the European media this week for well, a, a blunder against Roma. Handball, faceball, it's all the same to Wally. He doesn't bother. Well, he's issued an apology now, Roger, so that's all right then. Not. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how UEFA deal with this kind of thing, Hugh, because, you know, you've seen referees make mistakes in Scottish domestic football, and because of such a small pool of elite grade one officials, you know, they, they tend to do their penance for a week or two and then they're back in the biggest games. It really will be interesting to see how UEFA deal with the assignments Willie gets later on in this European campaign because it's not looking great for Scottish referees. The introduction of VAR and so many leagues outside Scotland, a lot of our top officials, they are being marginalised. I think it's only Willie and Bobby Madden who Mm. are qualified to officiate at the biggest games with VAR anymore. And if they keep making mistakes like this, they may not get the invitations any longer. I'll say this for him, Roger. When he makes a mistake, he makes it emphatically. Never any half measures with Willie. He wasn't looking to take the word of any player far less any Roma player he was certain it was a penalty and now we're absolutely convinced it was a rubbish decision that's what I like about it there's always a great sense of drama when he's, in, he's a showman Hugh Keevans yeah, he's a yeah. showman he makes his big mistakes emphatically and he moves on to the next mistake with no loss of enthusiasm a bit like yourself actually yeah. uh, Kilmarnock against St Mirren Roger you Make a, a very convincing case for Kilmarnock based on the recent meetings. Having said that, you know there was only I think one goal in it in all, all the meetings last season, and I think you've got the two best defences outside the old firm. I wonder if that means it could be quite a tight one this afternoon. Yeah, Kilmarnock especially they're on take out the defeat at Celtic Park. They're on of losing only one goal in eight games. It's phenomenal. You know, regardless what level you play at, um, Dario De Fabro who's come over from Italy, Nico Hamalainen, who's up on loan from QPR. They've just settled straight into where Kurt Broadfoot and Greg Taylor were. Brunescu's come in, uh, you know, taking the place of Jamie McDonald, and he's, he's settled really well. And those those early stumbles by LS, you know, the defeat to the Welsh team in Europe, the, the defeat here to Rangers in day one, the defeat at Hamilton in the second week of the season, they're all forgotten now. And, it, you know, with Motherwell and Aberdeen both playing tomorrow, a, a win for Kilmarnock, they're back into third place where they were. Uh, looking good to ahead of that one then Plenty to play for at Rugby Park Between Kilmarnock and St Mirren uh, There's a few managers who could be doing With a win A great point for Hearts Against Rangers last week Fraser Wishart But they go to Livingston today uh, Trying to get some more wins on the board for Craig Levine 
Yeah, as you say, a great result for Hearts last weekend, uh, Gordon, and a great result a couple of weeks ago for Livingston here against Celtic. And uh, I think both sides will be hoping that those results will just put a bit of a spark into their season. For Livingston, of course, have had one win in their last seven league games. That was against Celtic, and you throw in a League Cup defeat to, to Rangers. It's a pretty poor run, and after a decent start to the season, and they're still mid-table, to be honest with you, so they're not in a bad position, but they don't want to be dragged down towards the bottom end, and if results go against them, they could be closer today. They're terrific against Celtic, as usual. Plenty of energy and desire on show, but last week I saw them against Kilmarnock, and they didn't get going until Lee Miller came on, the experienced striker, and they almost got a point. He scored the goal, and he hit the bar, and a couple of great saves by the Kilmarnock goalkeeper, so they sit just now in 7th place on 11 point. Hearts, who they play today, are in 10th on 7 points, and uh, they... I think, just like Livingston, as we said earlier, they're back to the hearts last week, back to the way they play. Strong, powerful, really and aggressive and in Rangers' faces. And I think they'll hope that performance just gets their season going. A win today would mean a happy atmosphere in the camp and a good week in the build-up to the Cup semi-final against Rangers next week. We all documented injury problems. Jake Mulraney's added to that, as is Glenn Whelan, who misses out today. Walker, Naismith, Suter, Halkett, Washington, all regular first-team players, all out injured. But they've got a big squad. I mean, you look at the squad today, the 18 players that are picked, it's still a decent team. Unfortunately, Personally, I don't have the Livingston team, although I'd expect Alan Lithgow, the skipper, to come back into the back three to cope with Ike Piazza and Steve McLean, who returns to the Hearts team, and maybe even Lee Miller to start. But I can give you the Hearts team. It's Joel Castro-Pereira in goals. The back four is Jamie Brandon, Michael Smith, Christoph Berra and Aaron Hickey. In midfield, Sean Clare, Oliver Bozanich, Andrew Irving and Rio Taro Machino with Steve McLean and Uke, Uchi Ikpiazu as the strikers. Colin Doyle, Craig White and Lloyd Demure, Clever Dickamona, Aidan Keener, Callum Morrison and young Cammy Logan are the subs in the referee today at Livingston is Greg Aitken. Let's hear from Craig Levine ahead of this one. We've got our own recent evidence and forgetting about the fact that Livingston beat Celtic a couple of weeks back. We lost heavily down here last season, um, and I think that has to be at the forefront of our minds as well, that we, we have uh, some making up to do uh, after that really, really poor performance. Yeah, so we, we, we want to win every match. We, this match left a particularly bad taste in our mouth after, you know, after the performance last season, and for those supporters who went along last season, we, we owe them much, much better than what they got then. Interesting that Craig Levine references that game, Fraser, because I don't think anyone would argue that Hearts are at a lower point now than they were then, and yet the only meeting between the sides in Livingston last season ended 5-0 to the hosts. I think it was a Friday night game, wasn't it? So for any players who were involved and are still involved, they'll uh, I'm sure they'll have that in the back of their minds. Yeah, absolutely, and if you remember the start that Hearts had to last season as well, that was an even bigger surprise at that point because Hearts were brilliant in the early part of last season, but that was the kind of message that Livingston gave that they were here to stay, and they've kept it going largely this year, although I said it recently been a bit of a poor run, but they just keep things nice and simple, and I think they'll go back to maybe three centre-backs they've changed to a back four for most of the season, but Alan Lithgow might just come back into the team, so it'll be an, an absolute royal battle between those huge centre-backs that Livingston have, and Ike Piazzo and Steve McLean up front, and the other end, Lyndon Dykes and Christoph Berra, so I don't expect a lot of silky soccer here today, although the sprinklers are on in front of me, spraying people in front of me in the stand as they all head for the back of the stand, uh, but uh, I think the ball will be played much more in, in, in the air today, and back to the front and getting playing in the, the opponent's last third, but I, th- I think a big week for Hearts, if, you know, good result last week, if they don't win today, then they've really kind of thrown all that good good work away, and then they've got Hearts. Sorry, Rangers in the Cup next weekend as well which will be a tough one for them so a key spell for Hearts in this season if they're going to get back up the table and perhaps even get to a Cup final St Johnston against Hamilton in Perth Mark Guidi if we are discussing managers who could be doing with a win you would have to include Tommy Wright within that 
Yeah, you would, although he, he says he won't walk away, but when you look at it, it's a, it's a perilous position that St Johnston are in. Uh, Gordon, bottom of the table, played nine, no victories, only four points, poor goal difference, only scored seven goals, conceded 22. They've got the worst goal difference in the league as well, at, at minus 15. But I think they will turn the corner, and uh, today presents a good opportunity uh, for them. I watched Hamilton Ackies last week, typical Ackies, stuffy. Uh, Brian Rice has got, has got them organised, he's got them a goal threat, they're, they're tight at the back as well and they can grind out results so it will be a difficult one for St Johnson today but you look through their starting 11 and uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't get their first victory of the season but they will have to play better than what they have been doing if they don't win today then yeah I would agree as much as uh, I, uh, I like Tommy Wright, I respect him, I think he's a, a right good manager and he's been terrific for St Johnston, perhaps Stephen Brown, the, the St Johnston chairman, would feel a bit of pressure. And when you're at home, depending on the reaction of the home supporters, um, that could well sway things. But let's be positive. If we don't want to see any managers losing their jobs, but he is under pressure to start delivering, as is the case with all managers down the bottom of the table. Today he goes with a 4-4-1-1 formation. It's Xander Clark in goals at the back. Anthony Ralston, Wallace Duffy, Jason Kerr and Scott Tanzer in midfield. Dre Wright, Ali McCann, Murray Davidson and Matty Kennedy. And it's David Warnerspoon off the lone striker Stevie May. On the bench for Tommy Wright's team, it's Parrish, Veeman, Swanson, Craig, O'Halloran, Kane and Hendry. For Hamilton Aki, sitting nicely in 8th position with 9 points from 9 games. They go 4-4-1-1. Brian Rice has selected Owen Fawn Williams in goals at the back. Aaron McGowan, Sam Stubbs, Brian Easton and Scott McMahon. In midfield, Ronan Hughes, Alex Gogic, Scott Martin and Adrian Beck. And it's Mikael Miller of the main striker, George Oakley on the bench for the Lanarkshire club. It's Gourley, Hamilton and McKinnon, Moyo, Smith, Davis and Cunningham. And today's match referee is Alan Muir. And on the subject of referees, uh, when we were discussing uh, Willie Collum earlier in the programme, Gordon, is worth noting that Bobby Madden was in charge of the Barcelona Champions League game in midweek and he had a first-class performance. So credit where credit's due. Brilliant, I like that, Hugh. Yeah. Bit of balance, bit of positivity from Mark Guidi, keeping yes. his eye on all things across Europe. That's, that's why they're here. He must owe Bobby a few quid. <laughs> I don't know about that Maybe just give him credit Where it's due I think that's fair uh, Let's keep going Our featured championship match Comes not too far away For Hill It's Partick Thistle Against our bro Stephen Mill Is keeping an eye on that one Yes I certainly am I'm just getting a late bit of team news there uh, There's an error On the team sheet So I'll get that clarified for you And I'll get the teams to you In just a second uh, But welcome along To a sunny Fir Hill It's sunny But it's absolutely Baltic here It's a good day for football The pitch is looking good And things are looking A lot better Since Ian McCall Has come back to Fir Hill as well Six points from nine so far Including a stunning Late comeback Against Dundee last week To grab all three points It was the last five minutes That grabbed all three goals And that is the sort of result That can turn around a season However they are still bottom of the championship. That's how crazy this league is. However, if they do win today, they could end up sixth by today, including leapfrogging today's opponents are both. That Campbell returns to Phil for Hill as well, I should say, and they have 11 points so far this season, so they'll, they'll definitely have taken that and they've snapped your hand off for it after the first quarter, and they've been pretty impressive since their uh, promotion from League One last season. So uh, 
he's not overly well thought of, that Campbell, uh, for his time here at Firhill, despite winning promotion from League One, and they haven't won here at Arbroath since April 2001. Dick Campbell would love to get all three points today. In the team that day, incidentally, is the current Jags assistant manager, Alan Archibald. He was uh, in the team that day. It was 1-0 to Arbroath, if you're interested. Right, to the team today, there are two changes uh, from the team that beat Dundee for Thistle today. So out go Robson and Gordon, or sorry, Income Robson and Gordon, out go Cardle and Saunders. It looks like a 4-4-2, so it'll be Fox and Goals, then Williamson, O'Hare, McGinty, Penrice, then Kaki, Gordon, Bannigan, Robson, and then the front two is Devita and the evergreen Kenny Miller. In terms of our both, no changes from their win against Morton last week. It was Bobby Lynn who got the goal. He retains his place. It looks like a 4-5-1 for Dick Campbell. It's Gaston and Goals. Then we've got Jason Thompson, Colin Hamilton, Ricky Little, and Thomas O'Brien, the captain. Mark Watley, David Gold, Bobby Lynn, as I mentioned, Liam Donnelly, Scott Stewart, and Miko Vertonen. I'll just quickly run through the subs. So for Thistle is Snedden, Hall, Harkins, Palmer, Slater, and Zanata. And for our both is Jameson, McKenna, Cadder, Spence, Sterling, and Josh Campbell. So today's referee is Gavin Ross. And it's all set up very nicely for another cracking day in the Championship. Uh, Hugh Keevans, Partick Thistle. The games under Ian McCall are an interesting little snapshot of what life can be like in the division because you've got great wins at Inverness and Dundee. Either side though Of a home defeat To Queen of the South So yeah. you've got You've got the signs there That yes it may well Be the playoffs um, But you've also Got the signs there of, of what can happen When things don't go your way But that's joyously Partick Thistle That's what the club's All about You get the big results Against all the odds And then you fall On your derriere When you are least Expected to If you but take sure, Sorry if you take Six points out of nine Going forward for the rest of the season He'll get yeah. you in the playoffs Oh yeah Listen He's only four points off the playoff spot Right now uh, Even though he's bottom of the league I just think People fit in certain places Ian McCall Fits Fairhill Like a glove And I do think They'll be Good enough to beat our both today And continue to move In the a positive direction uh, And the other game In the Premiership Not one of our featured games But important nevertheless uh, Hibs against Ross County Another manager We could be doing with well, a win Paul Heckenbottom I, I see the two Edinburgh clubs today As a package In a week when Hibs and Hearts Couldn't sell their allocation For Cup semi-finals Against Celtic and Rangers In a week when You look at the league table And find One in 10th place and the other in 11th place these two really need to give themselves a shake and quickly both managers we've heard from Craig Levine Paul Heckenbottom comes into the same category the fans are looking at the managers and thinking do you know what I, I don't fancy him I think this is up to speed We've got all the team news Ahead of our featured matches Across the country today It's been a big week For Scottish football We've got the top team All around the grounds We'll get them involved And look back on the week's Biggest stories next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader For compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray here in the studio We've got the top team all around the grounds We've already given you team news from Kilmarnock St Mirren Livingston Hearts, St Johnston Hamilton And Partick are both our featured matches As always on this time on a Saturday Let's get all the top team involved And look back on the week's biggest stories There only really is, is one place to start Mark Guidi, it was such a good night for our big clubs in Europe That even Hugh Evans on last night's show Could not put a downer on things It was that good that was brilliant. Um, I think on, on the show with you on Wednesday night, Gordon said if I fancied Celtic to win, 
and if Rangers could come away from the Dragao Stadium with a point, it would be a fantastic result. And, and they both delivered, both shown great character to come from a goal down. I thought Morelos, you know, I think if anybody's got any doubts about Morelos, um, you just look at the quality of his movement and his finish for the goal uh, on Thursday night. Brilliant ball from Barisic. Morelos just peels a wee bit and takes a lovely touch and a finish. And it was a really, I know it's seven yards out. It's a great finish because the goal he's bearing down um, on him. And for me now, I was never, I liked Morelos. I was never sure of the, the quality of the club that would come in from the kind of transfer me fee. But for me now, he is touching the £20 million striker because he's scoring in Europe and that's where you catapult uh, yourself. So Morelos is the real deal. I don't think there's any doubt um, about that now. And for Celtic, uh, again in the programme you on Wednesday, Gordon, we were maybe debating with, with Tom Rogic's play, with, with Ryan Christie play. There is no doubt now that Christie is a certain starter for Celtic. He's now in there with McGregor's, Browns, Forrest, Edwards. You know, there's eight or nine on the team sheet every game, every big game for Neil Lennon and uh, Ryan Christie has put himself uh, into that category as well. So brilliant results for them, they're both in really good positions uh, to qualify and uh, credit to them. When you do these kind of things, Mark, and you've highlighted Morelos and rightly so, I was asked on the programme last night by a Rangers supporter the old question, how much is he worth? And I said 15 to 20. Uh, you, you parade yourself on a bigger stage in Europe. And this applies to to Christie. It applies to Christopher Ayer, who's now the subject of interest from Leicester City. Uh, and Edward, of course, will be on that list as well. So the, the Celtic and Rangers supporters have to get used to it that while praise is fulsome for them and what they have done, it does open up the possibility mm. of bigger clubs coming in for their top men. Yeah, Fraser Wisher, it was one of the rarest of nights in Glasgow where everybody was happy. In the last couple of days, everybody's been happy. It won't last long, um, but we're riding high at the moment. Yeah, it was brilliant. And, and the, the teams that now their teams are beat, uh, our clubs are beating, it's not Malden, teams like that. It's Lazio, it's Feyenoord, it's getting a point at Porto. We're competing with the, a second tier. Of course, we can't compete with the, the big teams. We know that. But now the kind of teams that are finishing the top six in, in, in Italy, you know, we're competing with them and, and beating them. And, and two terrific games of football. And I think maybe just a wee bit lost in, in all the kind of talk about the players as well. Is I think managers have to take a lot of credit as well. When Stephen Gerrard picked his team, Kent has hardly played, Barker's hardly played as well. People are raising their eyebrows. Arfield on the bench playing with Kamara and, and Jack both in midfield. It worked perfectly. They were solid in that middle area. It was clearly wanting pace in the wider areas. And for Neil Lennon, just at a point when Celtic looked as if they were losing their grip in the game, a goal down with an hour gone, and Lazio were looking really dangerous and searching for that second one. He changed the formation, and he pushed Christie further up front. He put Rogic in behind him. He went with three at the back. And within minutes, Christie started robbing players in the right-back area, in Lazio's right-back area, winning a corner here and a corner there. Half chance he had as well when, when, when combined with Edward. And all of a sudden, the Celtic fans got a lift. And uh, it was a, a terrific victory for Celtic. And they could have lost it near the end. Great save by Fraser Forster. One of those victories where we weren't we dominating the game, but it was a tough game against a right good team. And when they came off that part, the players were being absolutely delighted. So they need to keep it going. They both got a great chance of qualifying. And we talk about the coefficient as back page news now. They've got an outside chance of maybe, maybe getting to top 15, 14, maybe getting a second Champions League qualifying place. Brilliant, brilliant night, but they've got to keep it going. But signs are good. Roger, there's a long way to go. Um, but how do you rate the chances of progressing from these groups? Yeah, good.
Listen, we spend enough time in this show talking about negative things about Scottish football. Thursday night, it was all positivity. I thought Rangers were excellent in the drag out. Um, it took us back to that first game Rangers played in Europe in the group last year in Villarreal when they got a draw when maybe they weren't expected to get a draw. I thought it was a similar type performance. And from the back, Alan McGregor making that great double save near the end to, to Morelos up top, as Mark Weedy says, who, who was outstanding. Barisic, great performance, great delivery for the goal. And, and Stephen Gerrard's European record is becoming more and more impressive as Rangers manager. So with two of the last three games at Ibrox, I think the Rangers have a good chance. I think Celtic have an excellent chance of getting through. I, th- I thought Neil Lennon summed it up when he did his TV interview straight after the game. The first two words he uttered were sheer character. And, and it wasn't a night when Celtic were at their best. They fell behind. They might have been too behind at Korea not hit the post. But it was sheer character the way they came back into the game. They just refused to be beaten. And then they refused to settle for a draw. And Julian got the win at the end. But it was Foster still to produce that save at the very end. So an excellent night all round. And, and they've laid the foundations for two Scottish teams in the last 32. Let's hear from both managers then, starting with Neil Lennon. Lazio were superb. You know, the periods in the game where they were the better team. Um, I thought we started the game very well. And then uh, the psychology of the game changed when Lazio scored and they got the upper hand. We made a change. We needed to get more support up to Edward and thankfully that worked. And then at times against quality sides, you need your goalkeeper to play well and Fraser pulled off two outstanding saves. And then for the players to dig out more energy and more chances and get the winner, it's been an epic night for the players and the club. It's you know a great position to be in. You know. So important to win your home games. Um, that to me was a Champions League game tonight. The quality that was on show from from both sides and the, the tempo that the game was played at, and Lazio came to really play. Um, so for us to get on the positive side of that result is is fantastic. Uh, Craig Celtic and Celtic Park built themselves quite a reputation on those big European nights. But if truth be told, in the last couple of seasons there have been some some damp squibs, some games that just haven't delivered in the East End of Glasgow. However, on Thursday, just like it did against Cluj, it, it felt like one of those nights where the atmosphere and the performance matched up. Yeah, and in years gone by at Celtic Park, it was a formidable place for any away team in, in Europe to come. Um, and then, as you mentioned recently, it's not quite been the, the, the kind of fortress that it once was. Um but at the minute, it, it, it's looking like um, you know there's, there's been a lot made of the lights, which has brought a bit of attention. It's brought it raises the atmosphere with, with the, the sort of disco light tag that it's got, and it, I think it gives everybody a real lift. And, and sitting at the top of the group with seven points and, and a home game against Rennes, who are actually struggling at the bottom of the group, if you can beat them in their next home game, you know you get ten points with the other two games. And uh, I know that's not the next game, the Rennes game, so wait a Lazio first. But if you can if you can look at it and, and sort of guarantee that you beat Rennes, then you've give yourself a, a super super chance. And, and everything's looking very very rosy at Celtic Park. And Stephen Gerrard was a happy man after leaving Portugal with a point. I'm very proud of the players. I thought the performance was outstanding. We at least deserved to take a point out of that game. I thought our structure and our organisation was, was brilliant. So I need to pay my respects to all my staff that have worked so hard to do that this week. But even more so to the players because they've they've gone out and um, they've all maxed out uh, in and out of possession. They've carried the game plan out really, really well. I think that's the level that we need to try and bottle and find. Um, certainly if we want to get out of this group. That that performance gets us something a final that we can match that. And then the home game is going to be very important. So I'm sitting here very satisfied. 
I don't know how long years have got, but I can mention all my players tonight. I thought Philip Hollander arrived tonight. I thought he showed the reason why we've got so much faith in him and why we paid the money for him. Uh, Stephen Davis again, superb. Glenn Kamara, superb. Ryan Jack, first game back after injury. Across the board, some some really, really strong performances today. Uh, Mark Weedy listening to Stephen Gerrard there At the midway point of the group We've now had a look at all of Rangers opponents And based on what we've seen There's there's clearly no reason why Rangers fans shouldn't believe They can progress out the group But with their group being that, that bit tighter That bit looks you know looks like it's, it's anyone's really that group There's still a considerable bit of work to be done Yeah there is But, but the, the, you look at it for the positive point of view They're in the mix And out of the final three games uh, Gordon um, two are at Ibrooks. Um so that's good you know, home advantage hopefully we'll, we'll pay off for them because um, you think of Rangers as Roger mentioned last season the, the great start against Villarreal at the halfway stage for, for Rangers you thought that they're, they're shooting in to, to make it through and, and, and they collapsed in the sort of second half of the campaign so they will have learned from that they're in a good position they're a much better team they're a much better squad I think Fraser made some great points about the, the, the managers as well and you have got to give them credit you know tactical changes you know team selections from, from the start Stephen Gerrard and, and Neil Lennon absolutely earned uh, their wage and showed, showed themselves to be top draw um, at the highest level too so it's great and I, I do but at the halfway stage both have got three games to go Rangers got a bit more work to do than Celtic as Craig Beatty said Celtic probably one win away 10 points will take you through uh, I think both of them will get through Yeah I mean Roger Hanna I know this stuff isn't for everyone some people just like to concentrate on their own team they don't really give a monkeys about the rivals and the bigger picture but as Fraser mentioned the coefficient situation is starting to look pretty good again work to be done but we're now not a million miles we're not far away at all from a potential scenario where we get in another Champions League place. Yeah, and listen, if the other teams start getting annoyed about it, the other teams are going to start need to pick up some wins to help the coefficient. I'm at Rugby Park this afternoon in the Kilmarnock. Didn't do too much to help the coefficient this season, so the other teams should be indebted to Celtic and Angels for the strides they're taking in the Europa League this season. Um, it would be good if we could get a couple of teams back into the Champions League qualifiers. I tend to think, and this is no disrespect to anyone, I tend to think the Europa League is the level for our clubs at the minute because it's becoming harder and harder to qualify for the Champions League and you see the way Celtic did last season you know getting to the last 32 of the Europa League it was a tough draw they could maybe have got further in another season I, I think the Europa League is the level for our clubs doesn't stop us trying to you know still get through into that, that Champions League but you know it's going to be harder and harder on Europe in seasons to come we've got the is it a European Conference League coming in two or three years mm-hmm. time so uh, the, the more elite games the more games against elite opposition that Celtic Rangers and the others can get can, can only be better for the game here uh, Fraser what is it about Steven Gerrard's Rangers that seems to be so suited to playing away from home in Europe Fraser Wishart are you with us yeah I'm you here, sorry sorry yeah um I think it's I think it's the, the the pace they've got in the break at the moment in the team. Morelos, I, I agree with Mark. It's just outstanding. He's just his general performance and, he, and his his strength and how many players were booked towards the end of the game for fouls on him. <clears throat> but yet you had pace in the wider areas and, and it's given Steven Gerrard now that the options to to leave players out. When you look at the bench, Jermaine Defoe obviously can turn on games, but guys who've been regulars in Arfield and Ojo and uh, 
uh, and Aribo as well. You know, he's got options there to go and change it tactically. And, and, and I think they, they, they suited, even last season, they, they struggled at home in league games against Kilmarnock and against Dundee and the likes of those teams and Hamilton Ackies as well, dropping points right, left and centre. They're now beating those teams, but they were always suited to the away games where they could sit in and be strong and, and hit the counter-attack and their strength in midfield as well. You can add Jordan Jones, you can add Greg Stewart, you can add a whole host of players into that squad as well. So they've now got a far, far stronger squad to cope with going and toe-to-toe with Celtic and playing in, in, the, in the Europa League. So the next couple of games are going to be absolutely vital for both Rangers and Celtic, particularly Rangers. You know, if they can get something against Porto, the young boys at Ibrox coming up as well. So big, big games coming up for, for them both and hopefully they can they can both get through. But from Stephen Gerrard's point of view, it must be nice just to be able to look at your squad and be able to change it around rather than just relying on the same 11 or 12 players. Uh, and Mark Guidi, you don't get a result like Celtics by just relying on, on one person. So it maybe feels a bit unfair to single them out. But just for... The timing of this Ryan Christie One year ago this weekend Was his Coming of age moment At Celtic if you like When he comes on at Murrayfield uh, Turns the game Celtic win 3-0 That was the 28th of October So it's exactly a year ago This weekend And he's now become Celtic's main man On a big European stage Yeah And I think you know, A number of us Maybe tipped him For like play of the year um, Kind of awards When we were, when we were doing ridiculous predictions away back in what was it the middle of June or something to tip who was going to win the league and all that kind of stuff so yeah he, he's good and you know another thing as well Gordon it will be good f- um, for him in terms of his development and maturing as the adversity that he faced after his red card against Livingston and there he is in the middle of a, a domestic ban he's produced a performance like that a sweet finish uh, for his goal in midweek uh, it, was a, it was a lovely ball um, into him and he's, he's just placed it past the, the Lazio goalkeeper so yeah Ryan Christie when you think that uh, uh, as much as uh, Ronnie Dyla won his two titles, but it wasn't a great reign, you know, when European Knights Celtic are playing in front of 25,000. And it's not been just one or two years where Parkhead hasn't been a throwter, so it's actually been five or six years, but they're now getting on the road back to, to amending that. Um, that Ronnie Dyla and John Collins uh, identified Ryan Christie, saw something in him, brought him to the club, couple of loan periods, then Brendan Rodgers worked on him and then he's just taken off uh, even more under Neil Lennon so yeah you're right he's been absolutely brilliant and we talk about Morelos we talk about Edward, we talk about Ayer um, but I've no doubt that Ryan Christie will be one of the guys who is on the radar of English Premiership clubs as well Okay, let's leave that one there because we've got some fantastic fixtures to build up to at the three o'clock kickoffs. We'll go back around the grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. 15 minutes to kick off in the three o'clock games. Hugh Keevans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray are in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds. So let's go back and check in with what's been happening. I don't think we had full team news from Livingston previously. So let's speak to Fraser Wishart, see what he can tell us. Yeah, I finally got the teams uh, here, Gordon, for, for Livingston. No Lyndon Dykes, who's not in the squad at all, and Ricky Lamy drops the bench. And no Lee Miller, who would have come in. Uh, to replace Dykes I think if he'd been, been fit as well so Matthias Sarkic in goal Nicky Devlin Alan Lithgow John Guthrie Jamie Milne across the back Stephen Lawless Keegan Jacobs Marvin Bartley Robbie Crawford and Eamon Souder across the midfield with Scott Robinson in place of Dykes as a lone striker there's Ross Stewart Ricky Lamy Haki Modafan Stephen Lawson Scott Tiffany and Craig Sibbald and Scott Pittman are the Livingston team and just a quickly the hearts one Pereira Castro's in goals Brandon Smith Berra and Hickey across the back Claire Bozanich Irving and Machino across the middle with McLean and Dick Piazzo as the strikers the, the, the overall situation with regards to how the Hearts fans feel about Craig Levine Fraser, do you feel like it sort of calmed down? I mean, there was the 
the protest outside and Budge made it pretty clear in the statement that you know he was he was going nowhere. They did have that excellent point against Rangers. How is his overall picture looking? I, I think it's still in, in, in limbo. You know, if they lose today and lose next week against Rangers, and all of a sudden the alarm bells are going again. But uh, and Budge has stood by him, and you do feel that despite the, the protest, I think it was against Motherwell about a month ago or so. The fans don't really want to be against Craig Levine. I mean, he's been playing here for a long, long year, many years. He's been manager before, director of football, picked him up from, from administration, and now he's the manager as well. So I don't think it's somebody who's served Hearts so well that they want to be against him. But I think there's a large group of, of, of Hearts fans who think there should be a change of some kind. And it's been tough for him, to be fair. You know, the number of injuries he's, he's got has been unbelievable. And all to key players as well, and all key first-team players as well. So he's been limited. But uh, Hearts do a big squad, and uh, when Livingston lose Dykes, you know they don't really have him anything to replace him. Whereas when Hearts lose Washington and Naismith, they still get very good players to call on. So they need a good run, a victory today, and that will take them into next next week's semi-final in, in good stead. But uh, for Craig, I think it's almost like week to week because uh, depending on the result, depends on how the fans view him. Uh, it's kind of hard to get a handle on Livingston Fraser because they've earned the reputation as being and really hard to beat and being in your face. I mean, rightly so, because the games that most people see are the ones that are on television against Celtic and Rangers. Um, but that win against Celtic was their only win in their last six games, and they've lost the other five. It's not even as if they've, they've managed a few draws in there. The last six games, they've lost five and, and beat Celtic. So I guess for, for Gary Holt, it's about getting them to try and replicate the performance levels from the Celtic game. Yeah, they, they started the, the, the season well. You know, they picked up pretty well from last season. But as you say, recent weeks, it's not been great. And I've seen them here against Aberdeen. I saw them last week against Livingston, where for, for an hour, sorry, against Kilmarnock away, where for an hour, 70 minutes, they were so poor. And, and they just seem to have lost that wee bit of verve. We saw it against Celtic. We saw when they were in their faces, they were snapping. And they've got some decent players. When they get the ball, and they get the ball forward early. But in that last third, they've got players going creatively at Souda and, and Lawless today and Robinson. But there is just something lacking. For all Lyndon Dykes gets all the, the, the publicity, and he was terrific and he's been terrific this year he's not a prolific goal scorer there's not a lot of goals elsewhere in the team so although they're big and strong at the back and they still don't lose a lot of goals they've kind of lost that wee edge and, and I just worry about them if they lose today which I think they will I think Hearts will beat them today if they lose today then all of a sudden they're back down in that group it's been a long run of defeats and, and they're back at, looking at the bottom of the table and I still think they'll be in the relegation mix come the end of the season Finding a goal scorer is not easy Roger Hanna you're watching Kilmarnock against St Mirren and as good as Kilmarnock have been they've been picking up results Stephen O'Donnell the right back Stephen O'Donnell is their top league goal scorer on two and if you look at St Mirren of course their goal scoring problems were well documented Obika and Mullen eventually getting on the score sheet last week so uh, for these teams of course if you're finding a good spread maybe people won't care but in an ideal world you want one guy who you can rely on at times because there's Eamon Brophy only two goals in all competitions for the Kilmarnock centre forward so far this season they're on a terrific run I touched on it at the top of the show only losing I think in the, the eight games you can take out Celtic and one goal in eight games they've conceded it's impossible to keep that run going for Kilmarnock the defence has kept them going so far but they will need to find goals and it's interesting the evolution of this Kilmarnock squad you, you look at the squad here and of the 18 players named I think eight have been brought to the club by Angelo Alessio this season Ibnada and Alec Bruce and Liam Miller who have been brought back to the club more than half this squad now 
are Angelo Alessio's players. It's been a very quick evolution, if you like. A win today gets some thumps, so you would say it's a successful evolution, but any successful team needs a proven goal scorer. On your right, it's the same for Samira. John O'Beaker, a terrific overhead kick last week in the win in Paisley against St Johnson, but it was his first goal for the club. Danny Mullen scored as well. He's not prolific. Tony Andrew, who'll play off Pob with the two of them today, he, he doesn't get a lot of goals, albeit he's a very talented player. And, you know, St Mirren scoring two last week against St Johnson, that's the exception that's proved the rule because they haven't been prolific in front of goal. So if they can get, you know, maybe it's Obika, maybe it's going to be Mullen, maybe it's going to be Andrew, but they need someone, as you say, to start scoring, you know, even if they contribute 12 or 15 league goals, that could be the difference between keeping St Mirren where they are just now, 8 or 9th in the table, or getting sucked back into that relegation zone. After some fairly... Well, some, some unfair, I should say Some unfair criticism aimed at Angelo Alessio when he came Some of it was obviously over the top Are people perhaps overlooking how good his recruitment's been, Roger? Because you mentioned some of them Brunescu uh, had big gloves to fill He's done it seamlessly Kirk Broadfoot was a mainstay, he's gone But Del Fabro looks every bit as good, maybe even better Greg Taylor, one of their better players Not been missed so far because Hamelainen's been so good So, yes, the results suggest that, that Kilmarnock are on the up But actually... The recruitment's been spot on. Well, it has been, but I don't think the criticism was over the top at all. The Scotland's third best team should not be losing to a team of Welsh part-timers in a European competition, so the criticism he took at the start was justified. Yeah, but and to I then make the leap and suggest that yeah. that means he's not the man for the job after a month was the, the bit that I was alluding well, to. I think what it did do was it probably proved to him that the, the players, the squad he inherited wasn't going to be strong enough. A lot of players had left Kilmarnock with Steve Clark at the tail end of last season, and the, the defeat to Connors key nomads probably proved to Alessio that he needed to go and get players and his argument in the transfer market so far you can't doubt it Renescu looks a good goalkeeper Del Fabro and Hamelainen as you say they've settled in Del Fabro in place of Kirk Broadfoot who of course comes back with St Mirren this afternoon Moyle McCreary it took him a few weeks to settle but he now looks a decent addition just maybe a sort of number 10 role and he's strengthened the squad there were a lot of kids in the bench at the start of the season but you look at the bench today you know he's added the legs of Stephen Hendry as we see Alec Bruce has come back Sammy and Jackson the former St Mirren strikers on the bench today so th- it looks a more robust squad for Kilmarnock and a squad that could, can probably keep them in the top six Gordon uh, Mark Guidi just your final thoughts on, on St Johnston against Hamilton how much of St Johnston's struggles this season are down to the difficulty in, in evolving that team because Tommy Wright is the, the second longest serving manager in the Scottish Premiership he's done a fantastic job everyone knows that but they used to be Really working like really reliable, and you know Anderson and Fraser Wright, guys like that at the back, Stephen McLean up front, guys that Tommy Wright sort of knew how to work. If you like, in many ways, the squad kind of looks better now than it was then. But for whatever reason, um, he doesn't be able to get the the same tune out of of this type of player that he has at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they might be missing one or two Warriors. Um, Gordon, if, you know, when you're in the bottom of the league, it means that you've not carried much luck. That's why you're down there. And you're clearly lacking something uh, on the pitch in your first 11 and in your squad. And I look at the central defensive partnership. I mean, Jason Kerr's a captain. You know, there's no doubt in his, his long-term ability. All the stuff he beside him. The young guys you mentioned there before, the, the, the Fudge, Stephen Andersons, and people like even Brian Easton, who's playing with uh, with Hamilton today. Although Brian was was more of a left back, but he's always had real performance. You know, Ricky Forster and stuff like that too. So I think they're missing. 
a bit of experience and wide areas are good Matty Kennedy and Dre Wright will, will cause problems Alan McCann has caught the eye I think another thing as well I think Xander Clark is a really good goalkeeper again there's no doubt in that he'll, he'll go on to bigger and better things but I think if you look at Xander Clark last season he was pulling off saves helping St Johnston to one point I don't think he's been quite as consistent this season in terms of, of the saves he was making so again that's part of the reason why he ended up down the bottom of the league but I do think it will turn uh, Gordon I fancy him to win today albeit watched Hamilton last week as we said they're, they're resilient but I think one thing under Brian Rice that they've added a wee bit more of a of a goal threat and you look at him as well he's made one or two brave decisions like leaving out the captain Darry McKinnon most times now from his starting lineup, and I like Darry McKinnon so um, it makes for an interesting game today but I don't think it's one that Tommy Wright um, can afford to lose I, I think he's got to win this one uh, and just finally to Firhill for Partick against our both Stephen Mill how important is that man Kenny Miller by the time we get to Christmas he will be 40 years of age he's still averaging a goal every two games at Partick which at any level is a pretty good ratio yeah he was on the score sheet last week as well and uh, you know a lot of chat about goal scorers in the past couple of minutes there but that is one thing that Partick Thistle certainly have as a goal scorer in Kenny Miller he's scored goals his entire career he will be 40 uh, by the time we get into the, the next year but I was actually I was doing a Q&A with Kenny Miller a couple of weeks ago before the Scotland San Marino game and one of the big reasons he came to Firhill was because he's big mates with Gary Caldwell now obviously uh, that has now changed and Ian McCall is now in charge and I asked him I was like how are you finding it under Ian McCall and he was like yeah yeah he's been really good he was like it is a bit of a throwback so I don't know what you want to read into that comment and he did that actually mentioned that he does have a couple of other options that he might take up and that would lead to him hanging up his boots but he was still saying that he feels fit he actually gets all the numbers and all the stats from other players other teams just to compare himself through the fitness test so he's still keeping himself in amazing shape and he says that he's still one of the top performing uh, guys in terms of fitness at the club anyway so I think he still feels physically whether mentally he wants to go on for much longer I'm not entirely sure so uh, yeah he's going to be very important today and uh, yeah he's on good form as well having scored last week and they're winning up to Dundee so the sprinklers are on and Kingsley's running about the centre spot sometimes you just forget that Kingsley the mascot is a thing but it's all set to go here at Firhill looking forward to it just one of Scottish football's many quirks Hugh Evans. Kingsley the mascot he's there he's Can't looking forward them. why <laughs> why what is your problem with ridiculous Kingsley ridiculous looking thing it's time Ian McCall get rid of that and get focused on the mighty Jags that is the grumpy unreasonable Hugh Keevans we've come to know and love over the years enough of your positivity after Thursday night's Europa League you get back to arguing uh, with mascot figures anyway that's us up to speed five minutes to kick off the games will get underway next after the action it's your reaction 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty and Alex Ray are here and they're waiting patiently for your calls so don't let them down 0141 951 1025 give us your reaction to any of these results I'll run through them all for you in the Scottish Premiership Hibs 2 Ross County 2 Kilmarnock 1 St Mirren 0 Livingston 0 Hearts 0 and St Johnston 3 Hamilton 2 In the Scottish Championship Alloa 2 Queen of the South 2 Dundee United 2 Dunfermline 0 Morton 2 Inverness 1 And Partick Thistle 1 Arbroath 3 In Scottish League 1 Dumbarton 1 Peterhead 0 Falkirk 0 Clyde 1 Forfar 1 Airdrie 4 Montrose 2 Stranraer 1 And Wraith Rovers 1 East Fife 1 The only game in League 2 Is Elgin 3 Queen's Park 1 Because we had some Scottish Cup second round matches Pennycook Athletic Knocking out Stenhouse Muir By 3 goals to 0 <laughs> uh, Brecon City Mark Wilson's Brecon City Are out losing 2-0 
at home to Annan. Broxburn Athletic knocked Cowden Beath out 3 0. Fort William 0, Albion Rovers 5. Gallifrey Dean 1, Fort Martin 2. Uh, and we'll finish with the English Premier League as always. It finished Man City 3, Aston Villa 0, Brighton 3. Everton 2 Watford 0 Bournemouth 0 And West Ham 1 Sheffield United 1 And it is now over to you 0141 951 1025 If you are happy this afternoon You're probably A Kilmarnock fan Maybe a St Johnston fan If you're not happy You're almost certainly Coming from the following teams Hibs Hearts Partick Thistle Maybe St Mirren to an extent as well Well I've had the Hibby and the family on already Wow doesn't hang about No uh, He wants Hecky gone uh, And uh, the fact that uh, They can't sell their tickets for Hamden uh, I think Paul Heckenbottom Tried some lame excuse About the Hibs fans finding Hamden boring now uh, You know which You know People are not buying Um, There's apathy and I asked the guys, Alec and Craig, what's worse? Hearts drawing against 10-man Livy, no goals, or Hibs being two up and drawing at home with Ross County, 2-2. Craig is certainly of the opinion that is the the darkest of the two results, that mm-hmm. Hibs result. Uh, we've all been there If you've had a disappointing afternoon Watching your team You need to get it off your chest This is the perfect place to do it 01419511025 Let's hear from you on the phones Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB We will also preview tomorrow's games uh, But let's get stuck right in with Ian Who's a Partick Thistle fan in Bears Den Was that a case of Coming crashing back down to earth Ian? Unfortunately yeah I'm just on my way back from the game just now I actually phoned in on Monday night and I thought Thistle had a chance of making the top four. Uh, 90 minutes today, uh, today, sorry, and they didn't have one shot on goal. They had a penalty and that was the only time there was a shot on target the whole match. They didn't even have a shot on goal, they only a shot on target. Pathetic. Um, I don't know where it's gone wrong. They've gone away from home and winning games easily and then just not turning up at home. I don't know what the answer is. Well, they'll not make the top four in that display. Well, Ian, they, they, they do seem to go from pulsating to pathetic, and that makes it all the more unfathomable. Uh, you were there, though. I mean, how do you contrive to go through 90 minutes at home to our broth and not have a shot at goal? Well, you, you tell me. I'll ask Lady McCall to tell me. Uh, the build up's too slow, uh, there's no cutting edge whatsoever. And playing against part-time teams, you're obviously tired later on. You would expect us to turn them over in the second half and it goes the opposite way. Yeah, that'll be the frustration, Alex. Um, because yeah. let's not disrespect our both. They've come into the Championship and they've acquitted themselves absolutely fine. They've done well. Um, so that's not to take anything away from them. But if you do have serious designs of climbing the league, a home match against a team like our both really... You know, needs needs to be a, a much more positive result than the one they got today. Yeah, I think when you look at the league, Gordon, two two wins out of your first three games, you think you're on the right track. We had Ian on the the show last week, thinking, "Pooh, playoffs is a real possibility." And then today they don't have, uh, you know, uh, the form and what they've shown in these first couple of games. That doesn't surprise me, Gordon, because you ultimately have the the core players playing week in week out. And it seems to me as if the inconsistencies for the, there for everyone to see, and I think it's going to be like that until he can maybe mix it, uh, you know, mix mm-hmm. it up a little bit in the January transfer window. Uh, Ian, sometimes, and I'm just sort of throwing out the cliches at the moment because you were there and we weren't. Sometimes, if you're on a difficult run, 
you know, it, it can be hard to do at home because the fans maybe make you a bit nervous. I, I don't know. Is, is that something that maybe is, is playing a part? I don't think you can't blame the fans for making them nervous. The fans go behind the team. Uh, they, they just didn't seem to have any cutting edge whatsoever. It was a very slow, methodical build-up play. Uh, some of these substitutions have um, amused me, to be honest. Um, I really don't know what he's thinking, but we really need some some constructive in the midfield, and we just don't have it. Which substitutions in particular were the ones that, that confused you? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he was on the right hand side. Yeah, did he? He, he, he brought on Zanata, didn't he? At one point, Zanata was okay. Zanata, fine, but the, the guy took off. I can't. I forget, his name escapes me. It must be Robson. Made. Thomas Robson was that one of the no, guys? No, Robson was Robson. Robson was, was should have been off. The, the three guys, the three guys who came off were Kakai, um, Robson, that's and Davita. Yeah, that's the boy. He looked the most constructive player on the pitch, and they took him off, uh, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean that's that. These are the types of things, Hugh, when when results don't go your way, there are. Things that usually jump out at you and, and, and substitutions is one of them Fans are, are, are very quick to, to narrow in on those types of things Yeah, you can try being an expert, a pundit, a psychologist But the bottom line is Partick Thistle are bottom of the table Two points adrift of Alloa Ten games played Lots of football still to be played But right now Partick Thistle are To use a polite word An enigma Craig, it's clearly a less than ideal afternoon for Ian McCall and, and fans like Ian and Bears then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can tell with, with Ian's voice there that, that he's frustrated. Um, having said that, and I touched on it earlier on, the fact that they were getting into today with two wins from their previous three league matches, it, it tells me that they've turned some sort of corner where they are capable of winning matches. Um, they've shown that they can go away from home and win matches, which is hard in, in any league at any level of football, Alex will tell you. So all he needs to do now is, is sort his home form. Um, you know, in terms of the earliest part of the, the phone call was about the playoffs that's that's still not unrealistic and, and Ian McCall's got plenty of time to turn that round and, and if there's one man that can do that for Partick Thistle I'm sure it's Ian McCall I'm going to give up uh, Ian on trying to look at the, the fixtures on paper and, and figure them out because you know you, like you mentioned Partick seem to be getting results at unlikely places um, and, and, and making life hard for themselves I mean they go to Tannadice next <laughs> and then Somerset Park Ian McCall going back to air um and although they look difficult on paper You actually wouldn't put it past Partick Thistle going and getting something Would you? I don't After today's performance I'm actually dreading Playing at Tannadice I'll be honest with you Because they didn't have a shot this year. They didn't have a shot On goal The whole 90 minutes Yeah I mean that's that, At any <laughs> level That's it, not sustainable Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that tells its own story uh, It would be entirely typical Even in his short reign As Partick Thistle manager It would be entirely typical of uh, Thistle to go to Tannadice and get a result And do the same at Somerset Park Ian McCall's former employers at Air United But as I say, bottom line They're bottom of the table And it's not enough to say Ah well, that's the Partick Thistle mm. way Ian, were you at Inverness or, or Dundee? Were, were they won the two matches? No, no, no It's bad enough going to home games at the moment <laughs> that's, that's why I'm asking the question Because that's obviously the two games that they won And you said their style of play today was slow and lethargic And not creating any chances Where, mm. you know, Partick Thistle at home are, are expected to be making all the play And, and, and be the kind of dominant force I, I, I'm just beginning to wonder Are they maybe slightly better, better on the counter-attack? Yeah, you know, going to Tannadice 
they're going to be under a lot of pressure and they might they might be able just to sit back and, and counter attack up there. Well it's going to be a, a roller coaster ride over the next mm. few weeks. If the last few are anything to go by, thank you to Ian in Bears Den kicking us off tonight. Uh, I'd be really keen to hear from you Hearts and Hibs fans because I know for a fact you are not happy at all. You are united in your displeasure towards yeah. your team and your managers at the moment. So let's hear from you Hearts and Hibs fans on 0141951 1025. Happy fan though, next up Hugh. I'll never yeah. catch on Craig. Is a Kelly fan in Johnston Up to third place, Craig Hi Jason, panel, how are you? Yes, good, thank you um, I'm actually buzzing myself um, Up to third place uh, Where we finished last season, quite famously um, I think the first day if, if you had told me in 75 minutes That we would get a, a point from that game I would have been quite happy But um, the fact that Gary Dickers managed to snatch that goal and managed to it's almost it's like a snatch and grab almost that game um, we set up very defensively I believe in the first half uh, we weren't we, it was quite it was brutal to watch actually just uh, attacking we're not we're not really at our best at the moment attacking um, Stuart Finlay um, stretched off in the first half as well that, that's worrying to see uh, obviously I, I personally believe he's one of our best players and um, seeing that's a wee bit worrying but. Alex Briskin won a decent job at centre back. Um, we managed to get the goal that gets the three points. It takes us up to third place, and we've got our next two games are Motherwell away and Aberdeen away. I'll be going to both midweek and on next Saturday. Um, and if we can get two results there, then it consolidates third place. And the two Edinburgh teams are a bit of a free fall at the moment. It's, it might be too early to say, but I genuinely believe that we can maybe push for that third place again and maybe do a wee bit better in Europe the following season than we did uh, this season. Um, Angelo, when he first came in, I, I have to put my hands up and say that I was quite sceptical about his appointment. Um, I was sceptical about his opening results. I was on the programme and said that. But now um, he seems to have turned that around. The team really seems to have gelled. You can see there's definitely a, player that, uh, a team dynamic that they're, they're quite happy to play with each other. And I'll just say, uh, Mr Cup Rodfoot, uh, the man on the other side of the pitch today, who uh, said to the papers that he didn't think the team was happy, didn't think that the training methods were quite good. I would just, I would like to hear from him tonight and maybe just see how he feels about that. Now that he's gone back up to Paisley, uh, three points less. Right. See there, Arthur, you, you're not the only one that gets pulled up on things that you yeah, say that yeah, come back I, to bite you. I, I, that the first target was always going to be Kirk Broadfoot. Uh, I will say this about Kilmarnock: momentum is a wonderful thing. Yes, you've got it now. They're on a roll. You'll go to the games against Aberdeen and Motherwell with a degree of self-belief. I would like to see Stuart Finlay yeah. recover because he's very important to the whole deal. Although Alec Bruce is an uncompromising defender himself. But to Angelo Alessio, all praise because the ship was wobbling. I think that's one of the great things about this show. Um, Hugh, you've got Craig on the line there. He's absolutely buzzing. You know, One defeat in 10 to yeah. Celtic. They're flying They're up to third he's, he's already thinking about Europe next year They can do better <laughs> The manager's brilliant But I, I echo what you say I hope big Stuart Finlay yeah. uh, Recovers quickly Scott, He's a lovely lad you, Refresh my memory You gave us the attendance At Rugby Park 6,300 and something yeah. Right Now That's a terrific crowd Yep You know the, 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 the St Mirren would bring a A nice wee turnout Maybe Six, a thousand three, people eight, nine. Uh, therefore over 5,000 of those I would guarantee would be Kilmarnock fans yes. Now again St Mirren It's not the biggest box office draw That's a good crowd as well And as well as momentum 
You've got the backing of your people And that will gather in strength As you gather in strength So good times for Angelo Alessio For Billy Bowie And for everyone at Rugby Park Craig, things change quickly in football I take it you know, your local Marnock fans, maybe the guys that sit around you or, or your friends you speak to, has Angelo Alessio now won everyone over? Are there any doubts left? Surely not. Um, I don't think there's any doubts at all. There's a, there's a few of the old boys that sit near me um, with my season ticket. There's a few of them are still a wee bit sceptical. I think, um, obviously, they've seen Kilmarnock go through ups and downs um, years before I was even born. Um, I think a few of them may be a wee bit sceptical about how we play, but... Um, one of the boys you know for the football as well um, when we get beat off a corner key at home uh, I met him after the game in the pub and he said that he told everyone and he told me myself that he didn't think Angelo would be able to beat corner key and get us through to Europe and he also said he didn't think he'd be able to cut it in the league and I spoke to him the other day and he now has full confidence in this commander side and has full confidence that we can push for Europe again yeah well done Craig again Aberdeen You've just had humble pie, you've just battered him. Well done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like being right. If we go to Motherwell in midweek and we get three points, it's a very difficult game. Motherwell are flying, they've got some great, some great players. You've really got to watch out for David Fumbo and that boy Donnelly as well. They're a very good attacking side, but I think defensively we're solid enough that we can cope with them. Aberdeen showed that they can. They took three points off them. I personally feel at the moment we're a better side than Aberdeen. So if we can go there in midweek and get three points, then we're going to have to put with that momentum. I think we could we could be looking third place for a, a decent uh, gap between us and Aberdeen. Tell you what, he makes, oh, it, makes a good yeah, case yeah. because I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but he's right. They're big games because of where the team's sit in the league. What a what a week we've got coming up for, for Kilmarnock. If you keep Craig on the line for another five minutes, they'll oh, no, win the title. I feel like Craig, I feel like becoming pathetically it sounds fabulous. I'm gonna go and get a Kilmarnock season ticket after yeah, listening to Craig. He's totally sold me. Well why don't you get a seat beside your mate who was on the quiz last night? What was his name again? The the, the guy that goes on and shouts and balls and things? You remember oh. we had a picture of our friend last night? Oh, it was yeah, Gordon Sawyer's the, yeah. the, the yes. internet yeah. sensation. Yes. That's right. He was um Go- Gordon, uh, after seventy five minutes to go, Craig wasn't that confident of winning today. Is that I what we said at the start of the call? It doesn't matter. After seventy five minutes. Full I would've, I would've Craig, Craig's got full that. belief. I like his enthusiasm. He also doesn't forget as well. I think he keeps a book, Kirk Broadfoot. I've remembered what you said. Yeah. The guy in the pub before the Connors <laughs> keys. I know what you said. He I've just, got all year. Apparently, just got a nice little baseball bat. He likes to just scud <laughs> people when it's appropriate. Listen, I've got no issues with what Broadfoot said, but I said at the time he shouldn't have said it publicly. Mm. Yeah, because it can come back to that, Ultimately, it comes back to bite yeah, you. That's 100%. the thing. Tell uh, it to your pals, tell it to your dad. Don't say it publicly. Thank you very much, Craig. In Johnston, 0141 951 uh, If you're listening, footballers. Keep saying it publicly Because the show sort of needs it Craig yes. BT will get around yes. To that way of Craig thinking BT, The man who just said That Stephen Presley Was the most boring, boring man He ever came to <laughs> Took me 12 years to tell you We are going to start hearing From some of today's managers We're looking ahead To Rangers Motherwell And Aberdeen Celtic As well That's coming next This is the perfect time To give us a call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray, Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevan still here Still waiting on your calls to look back on an interesting day In the weird and wonderful world of Scottish football Particularly still looking for you Hearts and Hibs fans It's not going well You've been very vocal in the past about your feelings towards the managers Where does this sequence of results leave them? Hearts unable to break down 10-man Livingston that finishes goalless And Hibs throwing away a 2-0 lead at home 
to Ross County uh, Twitter might give you a bit of a flavour Hugh Aki is on And uh, mm. it's just disappeared There we go The tweet just completely gone um, the, the, I can get you a Nokia The, the, bot- <laughs> the bottom line was um, It's relegation form Where is Big Rod and co It's all gone very quiet Apart from the, the Graham Mathy um, Appointment yesterday As the, well, the sporting director I'm quite sure that Hibbs would not have made that appointment If he did not see some merit in it However It is a sorry sequence of results For Hearts and Hibbs today And you can move about the chairs on the Titanic But it's the teams on the park That are not doing the business Now Is that as a direct consequence of Not listening to Craig Levine And uh, Paul Heckenbottom Not being inspired by Levine Or Heckenbottom It's for them to decide However It cannot go on this way They are The pair of them One point above The bottom club St Johnston Hibs have still not won a game Since the opening day of the season Hearts have not won a game At Tynecastle Since March So Mm. It cannot go on Martin is a Hearts fan From Kirk and Tillock Sum up how you're feeling At the moment Martin Absolutely I've actually no words For to say what I'm doing. I mean The man For my Levine's got to go He's How can you go for last week To play Rangers like that Then they go to the day Against 10 men And not even go to Break down Livingston It's absolutely He's, he's had two transfer windows Now he's judge him On two transfer windows He's had the two It's just it's not working for him He should do a decent thing And just go there That's basically how I feel about it I, I, I don't think you're You won't be alone Martin either um, but, but the club have made it pretty clear Or they did in that statement That it doesn't look like changing How frustrating is that then? It's very frustrating Because ultimately I mean It's I said I was a How did I, how did I even put this? It's like The club don't seem to listen to the fans They're basically Seem to be getting held to that No, they're held to ransom But Anne Bodge and Craig Levine Ultimately the fans I mean No one man is bigger in the club Or no two people's bigger in the club I really do appreciate what Anne Bodge has done And she's done a lot of good for the club But she's also Seems to undermine She's actually undermining it And like Totally Everything she's doing now It's like It's just absolutely frustrating Because she's not listening to the fans The majority of the fans Don't want Craig Levine there He's not got a, a, B, a plan B We got a plan A sometimes the one thing that Anne Budge should be acutely aware of As a very, very successful businesswoman Is the balance sheet yep. the, the credit and debit accounts What's working, what's not working What is good for business, what is bad for business And right now The business model isn't working the football is driving fans away They are Demonstrating their apathy By not buying tickets For a semi-final against Rangers And clearly They almost bring themselves Into disrepute By playing as they did against Rangers Last weekend And playing as they did against Ten Man Livingston This weekend And They are now In the relegation playoff spot and the result today should be an alarming one for Anne Budge. And it's time for the club to examine itself here. And my suspicion, Gordon, is that Celtic and Rangers next weekend in the Betfred Cup semi-final could bring matters to a head at Easter Road 
And at Tynecastle Because if they go about their business properly Against uh, Hearts and Hibs Then Hearts and Hibs will be left with nowhere to go Other than to look for fresh ideas Fresh impetus Craig you've played for Hearts You know the expectations You know the size of the club What do you make of the way things are After that result today? As an ex-player it's it's frustrating to, to watch And it's frustrating to listen to Martin And you know His thoughts and feelings on it as well Um I'm having trouble with Hearts have not won a game at Tynecastle, a league game since March. Yet the league leaders last week go to Tynecastle and okay, they didn't win, but they put up a, a really, really good performance. It was like a total research team. So that tells me that the players are capable of more week in, week out, um, which is a real frustration. I, I don't think. Um, be careful what I'm saying here. I don't. I don't think they can't be putting it all in all the time. Um, either that, or that they're picking and choosing when they turn up and. That's generally mm. not turning up at all but To be fair though Can you not just say that About Livingston as well Because they've not won a game in seven They've won one game one in seven game And it was seven, against yeah. Celtic, Celtic yeah. I mean it, it is a different challenge It's it's perhaps a level of Psychology that, that we simply can't understand It happens world. It happens the world over Teams can just somehow produce They can yeah, raise their I game and, uh, yeah, and they it, can pull something out In many ways So when a, when a team gets a heavy defeat Off Celtic and Rangers The manager will usually say Our season won't be defined By results Absolutely. against Celtic or Rangers well that has to be the same If you beat them Or if you get a point against them You know these are sort of One off Different occasion Different mentality You'll, yeah. you'll be judged On the Livingston games You'll be judged On Absolutely. the, the teams round about you That's the key point Gordon the, And it's not just The teams round about them Because they should be Batting round at the top six For me Hibs and Hearts However You look at the The, the, the performances of late Livingston Drop points Kamarnock St Mirren um, You know it's, uh, Hibs uh, the, Who they beat uh, Was the one That they got a wee right. bounce But it's not been it's not been often enough, Gordon. And when you look at the personnel, and you, there could be an argument for Craig Levine that some of his key players, you know, Suter he's still had a lot of injuries. Uh, Naismith still injured, but even still, they should still be able to cope with that. Martin, the injury list is horrendous, and it has been for a long time. Are you willing to give Craig Levine any sort of leeway because of that? It's impossible, honestly. No, because he keeps on saying he believes that the players he's got in there are good enough to get us up the table. So, you know what I mean? If, if he does think the players are good enough, why did he sign them? Obviously, they're as good or as, no, just are as basically as good as the players that's injury. So he keeps on saying this. You know what I mean? All the game against Tibbs done was paper over the cracks. The win against Aberdeen, the cup papered over the cracks. Last week against Rangers, it was just, again, it was just kind of a paper. Just, it just, there's no consistency whatsoever. I don't think the man can basically, you hear his interviews like he's, he's very dour and drab. Look at like what about the players in this as well oh, You've obviously gave us your take on uh, Craig Levine where, where, Are they culpable as well Because you look at the, the performances Of course I definitely They've all got to fail to account You know what I mean It's like, like If I got my work and didn't perform I get pulled up You know what I mean So they're at their work And they'll perform every week So they're going to get pulled up as well And Craig Levine's going to take like Some kind of a responsibility as well I mean He's letting some young guys Go to loan Which I personally would have let them go I would have given the, like young Harry Cochran and that as well. Let, let him go to Dum eh, Dumfermo on yeah. loan. You know what I mean? So why? You know what I mean? He came in two years ago. Like, I've already played well. Didn't he do nothing in my eyes for to get dropped. He brought in these other guys that he thought was better, and they're, they're no, they're no in my eyes. You know what I mean? It's just it's really really frustrating as a fan. Okay, thank you very much to Martin in Kirkintilloch. The great thing about this show is we can now just bring you the immediate post-match thoughts of Craig Levine. Here's what he had to say. 
frustrated. I asked them for, for uh, to be really competitive today, and I got that. And uh, they worked extremely hard, played well as a team. But we we took 15 minutes or so to to adjust once uh, uh, Livingston went down to to 10 men. Uh, once we did adjust, I felt that we we controlled the, the rest of the match, and we should have scored and should have won. But I'm sure I've said that once or twice before. Just missing a wee bit of creativity. Yeah. A little bit of decision making. You know, uh, there were some great opportunities to cut the ball back today. At, uh, and we decided to shoot or. or or just blast the ball across the goal. And I, I mean, it's very difficult for me to fault anybody. Um, you know, the only thing I ever really criticise the players for is for, you know, if they don't turn up and, and compete uh, against their, their uh, opponents and stand up and be counted. And they all did that. No fears about that. Um, we've been doing that for a few weeks, but that little bit extra that we need um, at the top end of the pitch, Rio wasn't at his best. He felt he felt ill. Uh, had to take him off and. Uh, I thought Uchi played well, but he just didn't get an opportunity to, to, to score today. So I'm frustrated, but there are a lot of good things in the match. And Craig Levine doesn't sound too dis- disheartened, uh, but they couldn't beat Livingston today. Thank you to Martin on the line. Let's move on and start previewing tomorrow's game, certainly the one at Ibrox, because Craig is a Rangers fan. He's got some thoughts. Hi, Craig. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, thank you. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think there's every chance, even... I think a strong likelihood that Rangers will be able to get back to the top of the league tomorrow because I think when you look at the two games certainly Celtic with a way to Pataudry could be a tough game albeit Aberdeen in recent years have very rarely actually turned up and performed against Celtic but um, I do feel that whether it's via scoring more goals in Celtic and going back on goal difference, which I think they will, because I expect as good a team as Motherwell are, I think at Ibrox, you know, I, I would expect, you know, a two three goal victory there. Um although any victory is still a victory. Um whereas with Celtic I can see that being a tighter game. So and Celtic's form away from home recently hasn't exactly been sent in the world alight either. So, you know, not getting ahead of myself, but I just have a a suspicion and a confidence that mm. um, by this time tomorrow Rangers will be back top of the league. What, what changes can you see tomorrow, Craig, if any? Well, I think uh, he's probably <laughs> he'll probably start the foe as opposed to Morelos tomorrow. I think, uh, and I don't think that big a surprise with the exertions of Tuesday. I can't see him making too many changes uh, in midfield because. I think the players will be up for it. I think they'll still be buzzing for the result on Thursday, which was a fantastic result away at Porto. Could have been better. Um, Marilos had the chances, and I think Pepe should have been sent off, but that's aside. Um, it's, you know, for me, the fold maybe starts up front. You maybe tweak the midfield. Maybe you start Scott Arfield, because um, obviously he came on off the bench in Thursday. It'll be about who's who's the freshest, but I don't see wholesale changes happening uh, against Motherwell tomorrow because I think he's got more than enough confidence and fitness there to be able to go and do that. Uh, I feel anyway. Craig thinks will go back top tomorrow. Hugh. Yeah, on the subject of presumption, on the night before Celtic played Livingston, I would have put my house <laughs> on Celtic winning the game. On the night before. 
Rangers went to Tynecastle to play Hearts, I would have put the same house <laughs> on Rangers winning at Tynecastle. The moral to the story is I'll soon be homeless. These were away games, though. Is it, are they not? Is that not different? I think that this season, in terms on, of risk, on the face of it, Craig is correct that Celtic have the harder task tomorrow. Neil Lennon also knows that's what Craig thinks, and what all the Rangers fans think. And he's saying to his Celtic players, "We better than Aberdeen. Go and show it." And that's the task mm. that confronts Celtic tomorrow. If they come off the Lazio result and have that aura of self-belief about them, they'll be fine at Pataudry, but they cannot play as they did at the Spaghetti Ad. Okay, let's get the view from the underdog side of things then. Hayden is a Motherwell fan in Paisley. Any chance of causing an upset tomorrow, Hayden? Hi, guys. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for the game tomorrow. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I just wanted to make a few points, if it's all right. Um, Just to say, I was listening on Monday um, and... You, me. you do my nothing But you're one of the most beloved journalists In Scottish football So I think it's ridiculous The way you were spoke to him Monday night So um, I just wanted I to let you know it. As much as you do my nothing um, <laughs> yeah, We can't get a beat on You can't just get a compliment on this show no, no, that, That's it anyways. The silk glove and the boxing glove He's just gave you There was a compliment I, I in appreciate there. the words Hayden Thank you <laughs> no problem uh, But on the other side of that So just to pick you up Last week you said that Reality is at home or something For Motherwell fans <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember exactly what you said to you But I think you said somewhat Reality is at home When there was a Motherwell fan on uh, Or something like that um, I just want to say like, I, I don't think that Motherwell fans are expecting it to win Because I think that From the guys that are watching it We know that like, We're incredibly inconsistent um, So I don't think that any of them Are actually expecting to win for instance, when uh, Mark McGee was a manager the first time, or when Craig Brown or Stuart McCall was a the manager, there was an expectation to win. Um, whereas now it's more, I think a lot of the guys know that we've got a lot of young players. Like last week, Barry Maguire made a, an individual error um, against Ross County. Alan Campbell made an individual error. Like, they're young players, so we know that like, there isn't that sort of expectation, if you know what I mean. Um, but it's exciting watching the team just now, which is what... I think any fan really wants, especially with so many young players in the team, what you know that they're not going to do it every week, but that's sort of a funny, you know. Yeah, I think well, I think that's a fair point. You, 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 you know, obviously, me being from Motherwell, it's, it's usually people outside of, of Motherwell who say to me, oh, Motherwell, Motherwell doing really, really well. And it's not to say that they're not, but actually, if if you watch them, there is and there is an awareness there that there's, there's you know there's plenty of room for improvement and maybe sure. results like last week aren't that surprising. Um, it surprised me slightly insofar as uh, the, the three goal margin of defeat. Uh, perhaps if Motherwell had taken the penalty, it might have been all very different. We'll never know. What I would say about Motherwell is that, of course, there'll be highs and there'll be lows. But they've uh, already accumulated 16 points. Hearts would love that. Hibs would love that. And given. The nature of the Motherwell squad The season is progressing In a, a, a good mm-hmm. fashion for them uh, Hayden, you'll have seen this many times Over your life as a Motherwell fan You can sometimes go to Tybrooks and Celtic Park and, and you can try and park the bus And you still get beat heavily You can try and go toe-to-toe And you might still get beat heavily How do you see Motherwell going at this tomorrow? So I think we will sit in, but I think with the players that we've got, we really can't hit them in the break, and we are set up well to sit in. 
and then went with Seedorf and Scott and with Alex and all that. Um, with, I think we are set up well to with sort of a counter team. So we've seen it all season that we have done it. We've been pretty devastating in the break with our wide players and stuff like that this year. So um, it's pretty exciting. Just wanted to pick up, I don't know if any of you guys know about this or not, obviously, because it's been kind of kept quiet, but um, the guy Casper Sloth that we signed, the mm. Danish international player, seemed to know what's happened to him because I don't know it. It's quite a lot. I mean, we're quite hopeful to see him, and yeah. there's just been nothing since since what, what was it June or something. I think the I think the honest answer is is no. And and Hayden Wright, he was the one that arrived with a uh, certainly probably the the strongest. CV if you yeah. like has has been capped by Denmark. You know, previously played for Leeds, arrived um, and it absolutely nowhere near the team, and has never really been. So, um, I think that one remains a mystery. I'm afraid. I, at the I moment. think you need to get on to your contacts at Motherwell, find oh, out what the score mm, is, and come back to okay. us on that. Thank you very much. That was Hayden and Paisley, a Motherwell fan, looking ahead to tomorrow. Still time to get your calls in, and we'll hear from more managers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray here in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Still time for you to get in touch on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. We're going to try and hear from some of today's managers as well. We had some disappointed, angry, call them what you will, Partick Thistle fans on the yeah. phone. Uh, let's quickly get some... Reaction from that game We'll start with one of the real characters of the game Shall we Hugh We don't get yeah. to hear from him very often In Dick Campbell Just a short clip His pre- uh, post-match thoughts Away from home in Glasgow It's not an easy place to go I mean I had uh, I had great times here at this one They're a great club um, But their fans are not accepting Ian knows that Their fans are not accepting uh, Getting beat off a part-time club at home but Ian McCall knows that anyway He's an experienced manager yeah, brilliant. Wow. Well, Dick, Dick always just tells it as it is. Uh, and he's right. He's absolutely accurate because the, the first caller we had tonight, Ian, Partick Thistle fan from Bears Den, he was absolutely distraught. And he's not having this losing 3 1 at home. And when you asked him about away matches, I'm not going to away matches, bad enough watching <laughs> at home. So Dick Campbell is absolutely right. I was I liked that though. That was just a wee dick, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. A, oh, listen, that was. Uh, I actually thought that was unnecessary because he's just in the door. It, Ian does know it, but he doesn't need time to come on the radio and tell him that, you know. So uh, it was a wee bit naughty for my next uh, guy who knows how difficult it can be there. So uh, no, a great deal of grace there for Dick Campbell. Oh, it was also a wee, I like you know, it. It's entertaining for us. Backhanded self praise there where he, where he spoke about a wee part time team coming to Glasgow and yeah. a full time yeah. team. So it's a bit a bit of kudos on himself as well. Uh, I'd like to say we were going to hear from Ian McCall, but we can't. It was Alan Archibald on post match duty, so it would have been nice to see if Ian McCall would have taken a wee well again shot back. You know, I'm surprised because Ian should front up. On a day like this, oh, some, listen. Sometimes there are various reasons for I know, it. I'm, you, I'm well you know aware of that, and, and, and uh, you know maybe there was one. However, as a matter of principle, a, a manager on a day like this should front up. Uh, what about Jim Goodwin? Frustrated, no doubt, losing uh, at Rugby Park. Kilmarnock winning by that goal to nil. Yeah, listen. I think uh, I think a draw would have been fair. You know, I don't think you know when I looked at the two teams on paper prior to the game, I didn't think there was a great deal in it. Both teams, good experience, good some good young energy as well. And I always felt that one goal was going to decide it. And uh, obviously, you hope it's it's going to go our way. I would have took a nil nil back down the road, you know, for our first point uh, on the road this season. But you know, I'm. 
I'm gutted for the players because you know they put a hell of a lot into it. But I just said to them down there, you know, we can't keep talking about hard luck stories. You know, Easter Road first game of the season, we lose one four minutes to go in the game up to Ross County with one each. Uh, should take a point back down the road. We lose in the ninety-second minute, and then there today, there's nothing between the teams. Uh, it's a simple set play. We should defend it better, um, and unfortunately, it goes against us. Kilmarnock are very dangerous on the counter attack. They drop back into ten men behind the ball. Look to hit you on the break. I thought we managed that really well. Two centre halves were outstanding. You know, Brophy was very quiet all afternoon, and uh, you know it is it is what it is. It's a lapse in concentration at a set play. Um, and unfortunately, it's cost us the game today. I mean, Jim Goodman is right in the sense, Hugh, that yeah, they're never they're never really battled St Mirren. They're very no. rarely, you know, miles out of games. It is always fine margins, um, but you know, eventually, eventually, you have to try and overcome those and put those margins in your favour. Yeah, there are fine margins, and then there's what's written in the ledger, and what's written in the ledger is that they're one point above St Johnston, uh, and they don't score often enough to get themselves out of a tight squeeze. And they're going to have to learn that trade. Unless they manage to get someone who can score on a regular basis, Gordon, I think it's going to be like this. I think they're because they're compact, they're not conceding, they'll get a result like they did last week where they where they get the odd win. But over the course and distance, I think it's going to be much of a muchness. Yeah, listen, I agree, but I also think that much of a muchness will be enough for them. Um, you know, the commander fan we had on earlier on said after seventy five minutes that he that he would have took a draw. Yeah. He would have been okay with a draw. So we know St Man don't concede a lot of goals. Um, and, and if they manage to nick the odd goal um, Then they'll have enough to, get to pick up points and win games Another big game tomorrow at Pataudry Stuart is a Celtic fan uh, from Port Glasgow What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow Stuart? Evening boys Hello Hi Stuart um, and I was just wondering about the clairvoyant Rangers fan that was on earlier on I think his team's going to be attacked with the league earlier on I was just wanting up to see if he knows the, the nice lottery numbers <laughs> <laughs> I take it you disagree then? Who do you think will be I the top of the table Stuart? Uh, the boys will be top of league So so are Motherwell <laughs> going to get something off Rangers at, at Ibrox? I see the thing is he The guy come on the other way he's the gap Celtic yeah. away form hasn't been too great Granted right enough but This is a, this is a team that went to Thimit uh, Tynecastle last week and walked away with what a point Mm-hmm. So does, does all of this not make I, I you a clairvoyant? Stuart, we're for the numbers tonight Does all of this not make you a clairvoyant? Not, not so much, no, but I think, see, to tell you the truth, you, I think argument. we've had a, a toe up the backside the last couple of weeks. And see, another thing as well, Celtic, and see, in the summer, we signed a whole new 11 to back to front, whether it be loans or permanent deals. And I think, see, like, so guys come through, like, young Frimpong and that, I think maybe Newland's going to get his eyes open and go like that. This is, got, mm-hmm. young boys like that's going to help you with a league. Because, see, like, so, maybe Forrest, McGregor and that, they can get rested and go like that, right? There's guys that come in here and, and can do a job for us. Fran playing guys and run them into the ground. Look at Jane Forrest against Livingston. You know what I mean? The guy, the guy he never turned up. You know what I mean? It's the same with McGregor. McGregor was quite happy. Mm. So let's get to the basics then. Will Celtic win at Pataudry? Of course they will. Of course they will. They'll go, as I say, like in fact, you said earlier on, they'll go and go like that, right? Go and show yourselves. That's exactly what will happen. They'll go and they'll show themselves in Mora. Yeah, Stuart, that, how's that the last three away league games been? Say that again, what, Craig. What, what's Celtic's last three away games been in the league? Well, Livingston, Hibs, Hamilton, Hamilton. and Hamilton. They've not performed Aye. particularly well in any of them. What, what makes you no, so contrary going to be Aberdeen coming back off a, a
Thursday night, Thursday night, I give you a bit of did you know? Go and one down against Lazio and come back to win a game. Yeah, it also might have what taken. You know what I mean? It might have taken a lot physically and mentally out of the team. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering well, why, why you're so confident I, Because And listen It's all good and well Playing against Lazio Where, where the game's slightly different But we touched mm. on it earlier Where you know, Aberdeen are going to sit in tomorrow And make it really really frustrating for Celtic So so how did it, how did it come back? Probably that? a fine balance though isn't there Because I obviously I get what you're saying We've been in here every Sunday And those away performances haven't been good But I mean Celtic should always be confident Of going Yeah listen, a, 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 Anywhere in Scotland should yeah, they not? Of course But And this applies to Rangers as well As I say this time last week I would have put the house On Rangers winning at Tynecastle uh, A heart side who hadn't won at home Since March La di da di da But Rangers did not play well enough By Stephen Gerrard's own admission To win the match Celtic When they had finished with Cluj at Celtic Park In the Europa League Their display was terrific They went to Livingston And their display was woeful If they go To Pataudry tomorrow and they have that self-belief about them And the good players Peak once again Celtic will be fine But If it's the Hamilton performance The Livingston performance The Easter Road performance They'll need to work like anything To get anything Okay, thank you to Stuart in Port Glasgow That brings us to a close on the phones tonight Hugh, it's been, it's been quite a day we expect tomorrow to be quite a day as well. Sum it all up for us, please. Given us everything today, given us St Johnson's first win of the season, given us the continued rise of Kilmarnock, and given us the capital city of apathy in Edinburgh, where Hearts cannot score against 10 men Livy for half a game. Hibs give Ross County a two goal going over, and then end up losing to. So as Craig Levine said We controlled the match We should have scored And we should have won They didn't control the match They didn't score They didn't win Hogwash <laughs> <laughs> And on that note Just time for me to tell you That we are back tomorrow At midday So make sure you join us Two fantastic games coming up And in the meantime George is back in the GBX You can truly get your weekend started He's coming up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.